This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, this month, uh, we'd like to focus on walking in love. Amen? And, uh, you know, love is the key to uh, the new covenant. And, uh, you know, the, the old covenant was based on you know, the, the Ten Commandments and, and doing, you know, the Ten Commandments and obeying God through the Ten Commandments and other laws that was set up. And, uh, but the New Covenant's all based on love. Amen? And so, really, that's the key. And, and so Jesus actually said this um, in John 13, 34, because I'm just going to recap, because, you know, how do you learn? It's through repetition. So you're going to have to keep getting the word. You know, you just don't eat breakfast once a week. You eat it every day. And so we need the word every day. And I like what it says in John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I love that. So Jesus is saying that the key to being a disciple of Jesus is to love one another. Amen. And hopefully our church is a loving church. So that's the reason why we like to do that meet and greet. We want to love on each other. Sometimes um, uh, when we come to church and um, when I used to come to church in a denominational church, it, 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 can, it can tend to be cold. You come in, you sit in your seat, you don't really talk to anybody, you just listen to the preacher, everything's silent, and then you get out as fast as you can to get something to eat, right? But hopefully that's not going to be Exceed Life Church. Hopefully we're gonna, we want to hang out with each other, amen? And, uh, and so, you know, like we do fellowship dinners and things of that nature because we want to get to know each other, amen? And so we can, uh, you know, stand with one another. So if you, if you say that, that you love God, you have to love people. Amen. So our relationship with God is in direct relationship. Is our love relationship with God is in direct relation with how we love people. Amen. And so you know, sometimes you talk to people, you know, and they say they're a Christian, but they don't go to church. They don't attend anywhere. They say, I don't have to be. A, uh, I, I can be a Christian still and, and not go to church. But the Bible says that, that if you're going to love God, you've got to love people and you have to love his church. So, you know, we're going to get to heaven and we're, we're going to be seeing each other in heaven. You need to learn to love down here so you can love in heaven. Amen. And so really here, this is key in Matthew 22. Jesus said uh, the two greatest commandments is to love your God with all your heart, soul and mind. And that's the first commandment. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the entire law of the prophets. Uh, what the problem is, a lot of times, even when we're new Christians, we have a tendency of loving ourselves more than we, uh, we have loving God or loving others. Can I say it again? In other words, uh, I, I think we have to constantly fight against selfishness. If I'm talking to anybody today... We have to constantly fight against just thinking about ourselves, thinking about, you know, you know, what's in it for me and, you know, what, you know, what am I going to get out of it? We, we have to come out of that mindset. 
Amen. We got to get out of that mindset. And we have to come to a point where instead of what we're going to get, you know, in the Sunday morning service, what can I give? Uh, you know, and a lot of time the church is set up and sometimes we we come to church. It's all about what we're going to get. I hope the pastor has a good message today. <laughs> uh, but but really, it's more than about what you get. It, it, and, and God wants you receiving, but God also wants you to be a giver. So we got that's why we greet one another and love on each other, because you don't know that hug or that handshake that you give somebody could possibly save their life. Their spiritual life. Amen. Because what people really need in this in, 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 in life is love. I need some love. I'm feeling the love this morning. Amen. It's good to be back in church today. It's good to be back with you guys. We missed you. And I, I hate we used to ne- I never used to. I always used to be here on Sunday mornings. We would figure out how to get to the meetings and I would always be here, but then I finally just let go and did the video. I hope the video was okay with you guys. Amen. And uh, I think I talked about the lay down life. You know, we got to be lay down people. Amen. In other words, we need to be picking up our cross every day and following God. I'm going to say this, that sometimes when we get in this walk and, and we hear about the goodness of God and, um, and we hear about all this, sometimes we think that we should be exempt from problems. But, uh, but, you know, and sometimes when a problem comes, we get angry about the problem. Anybody ever get angry about the problem? Amen. Like, you know, uh, Yin tried to start the car yesterday, our, our old car, and did not start. And sometimes I get mad. That devil's working on my car. And, uh, but, you know, just things happen. Amen. We live in a corrupt world, and you don't have to expect problems. They're just going to come. Amen. We're just gonna, you're just going to have issues. Married people, you're going to have issues with your spouse every once in a while. Amen. 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 And if you're not arguing once in a while with your spouse, then I don't even know if you have a relationship with your spouse. <laughs> I, 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 I'm on my second marriage, and it's going to be my final marriage. Amen. And I went through a divorce years ago. And, uh, and one of the things in my relationship with my ex is that we just never, we never really fought. But we never communicated either. <laughs> until, was, until she was walking out the door. You know what I'm talking about? But, but we, we never, so if you're communicating, you're going to be arguing every once in a while. Amen. Arguing is not a bad thing. Amen. Okay, it, you know, sometimes you've got to get your point across and all that. Amen? I don't know why, that's free today. I, that wasn't in my notes. Amen. And so anyway, we have to continue to walk in love and, and, and our love for each other. The world's going to see that and, and that should reveal to them that we, that we are Christians. Now, there's an old song that goes like, they will know that we are Christians by our love, by our love. Do you remember that old song? Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. <laughs> yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Amen. I don't know the rest of the stanza, but does anybody remember that one? Amen. And so, and it talks about that we're laying down our life for our Christian um, brothers and sisters. Amen. And what Jesus said, Jesus said, the greatest love is this, that you lay down your life for your brothers and sisters. So it's all about laying our life down 
And when you lay down your life, you'll pick it up in newness. In other words, when you start learning to live that lay down life, you will experience what Jesus says, the abundant life. And I want that abundant life experienced in me. Amen. I, I, you know, and you can, you know, you can uh, ixnay it. But whenever the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something nice for somebody, do it. And sometimes it's just the littlest prompt. But when you do, it will pay off big dividends. Do you believe that? Not only in this life, but the life thereafter, because we will be judged for our good works as well as our bad works. And I want lots of rewards. Amen. Amen. And so we found out also through uh, these series of messages that God is good. Amen. God is good. And, I, and, and a lot of people don't believe that God is good. And, and, they, and they base their goodness on uh, if everything's good in their life. But God is good even if bad things are bad in your life. Amen. Why? Because God will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. God will be with you through the bad times. God will strengthen you in the bad times. Amen. You don't have to do it by yourself. You can do it with God with you. Amen. That's why Jesus came. So, so God, you know, Jesus, uh, there's no name for Jesus. It's called, his, name, his other name is Emmanuel. God with us. And if God is for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. It, do, it doesn't matter who's speaking against you, talking about you. Uh, it doesn't matter because God is for you. And you and God are the majority. You believe that today? So God is good. And my favorite scripture here is John 10, 10. And Jesus said, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I came that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Amen. So Jesus came not to give us a religion. Jesus didn't come to give us a set of rules to, to walk by. If we live by these rules, we'll make it in the kingdom. No, Jesus came to give us a relationship with God Almighty. The Bible says eternal life is knowing the Heavenly Father. Do you know the Heavenly Father this morning? Do you know how good He is? He is a good Heavenly Father. Amen. And so, and so He's good. You know, Jesus, uh, when you read the Bible and you study out Jesus, Jesus is the ex- exact expression of God on the earth. Jesus said, whatever you see me do, the Father does. Jesus never acted independently of his own will. He always did the Father's will 100%. Amen. And so, and that's what we, that's the bar we need to obtain. We need to obtain walking with God 100%. In other words, being obedient to God 100%. That's the bar. And Jesus was 100% obedient to the Father. And of course, because of that, the demons were 100% obedient to Jesus. Amen. In other words, the, the demons could not stand against Jesus. He could cast out the demons that were hard to cast out. Why? Because he was 100% sold out to God. So he had 100% authority. Amen. By the level we, we, we submit ourselves to God, that's the level of authority we walk in. Against the enemy that tries to come against us. Amen. So God, somebody say God is good. God is good. 
this is, this is uh, Jesus' job description is Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So in Acts 10.38, uh, uh, the apostle Peter is ministering about Jesus in the house of Cornelius and he's talking about Jesus's job description and Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what? To do good. So Jesus, when he was on the scene, he did not do any bad. He did good. And so what does God do in our lives? God does not afflict us. He, he's not putting us through something to see what we're made of. No, he's there to help us and deliver us from those things that the enemy's trying to put on us. In other words, sometimes we sometimes theology and some some ministers theology is that God is in total control and he's he's allowing problems in our lives because he needs to get that problem in our life so he can make us into that person that God wants us to be. No, 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 it's not the problems that make us. It's God's promises that make us. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? It's his word that makes us into the people that we need to be. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So every good gift comes down from God. Every bad gift comes up from hell, <laughs> from the devil. Amen. So, 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 so God is not the tempter. He's not testing you. He's not putting you through something when you go through a storm. you got to get that revelation. Because sometimes people, and we, you sometimes hear preachers say, well, God is putting you through that because, he, because he, he needs you to be, you know, he needs you to go through the fire so, 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 so all the dross can be out. No, 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 the devil will put you through that fire. He's the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So, so Jesus overcame the devil with the word of God. Let's look at Matthew 4, 1. And it says here, and I'm, 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 I'm backing up my point that it's the devil that puts you through the test. It says here in Matthew 4, 1, where Jesus just got water baptized. And now it says in, uh, uh, it says in Matthew 4, 1, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by who? The yes, that's right. So who does the tempting? The devil. The devil. So Jesus was led by the Spirit, amen, to, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. How did Jesus overcome every temptation? The Word of God. Amen. How are you going to overcome every lie? Because the devil's out here and his whole goal is to deceive people. That's his number one tactic is to get you thinking wrong. Amen. Get you thinking wrong about God. Get you thinking wrong about, about other people. Amen. Get you thinking wrong. You know, if people are attacking you, it, 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 it's not really them attacking you per se. Yes, they are. But, but they may be being used by the evil one. Amen. So in a sense... You're, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood as, as the Apostle Paul found out. You're wrestling against 
principalities and wicked spirits in heavenly places. There is a dark force out here that's trying to keep us from winning. Do you know that? There is a dark, there's dark forces out here that's trying to split up marriages. There's dark forces out here that's trying to destroy families. There's dark forces out here that's trying to keep Christians from winning. Do you believe that today? But somebody say, I'm an overcomer. No matter what dark force, no matter what thing is trying to come against you, you are, you are an overcomer in Christ if you have the word of God working in your life. But you've got to have the word. I mean, you have to have the word because, see, see you're not going to overcome unless you're walking in high faith. The only way you're going to overcome in this life is you overcome by faith. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. These are scriptures. We walk by faith. We don't walk by what it looks like. No, we believe that the promise is greater than the problem that we're encountering every day. So we walk by faith. We're faith people. That's how we walk this life, by faith. We believe, regardless of what it looks like. And eventually, it will come to fruition. It will come to pass. What? The promise that we're standing on. What we're believing God for. If you're believing God for healing, it's coming in Jesus' name. If you're believing God for restoration, it's on its way in Jesus' name. Praise God. I remember that. Uh, I was, um, I was, uh, I had a young man this many uh, years ago uh, came up and he was having an issue with uh, his mom and, and they, they weren't talking. And he said, Let, uh, can you pray with me, pastor, that, that unity would come about. And that week God moved on in the mom. They ended up connecting and unity came back into the relationship. Don't tell me prayer doesn't work. I'm telling you, don't tell me when you stand in agreement and standing on God's word. And God can move on people's hearts. Doesn't the Bible says that God, uh, the Bible actually says that God can move on the hearts of the kings. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? God can do it. We just got to, instead of trying to force people to change, we just need to just... Uh, we just need to pray and believe that God will move sin laborers in their paths and that God will move on their hearts and that they will come to a place of walking with God. Amen. 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 Glory to God. And so 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 Jesus uh, overcame the devil with the word of God. And so can we. We can't allow our feelings to dictate how we walk our life with God. We can't allow our feelings because, you know, feelings come from thoughts. And if those thoughts are not God's thoughts, or if they're not the word of God, and they're just circumstantial uh, thoughts of what's going on, those thoughts, if they're meditated on or thought, uh, or thought about long enough, produces feelings, and those feelings will produce actions. So right thinking produces right feelings, produces right actions. Wrong thinking produces wrong feelings, produces wrong actions. That's the reason why you're here this morning is because you want your actions to be better. Is that right? In other words, you want to win. You don't lose in everything that you do. So in James, it says this, that, that uh, uh, this is 
uh, that God is not the tempter. In James 1, 13 through 15, James says, no one, uh, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. See, see that I love that scripture because when, when, when somebody believes in this sovereignty type of doctrine or teaching that God is behind everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that right here, this scripture says he's not behind evil. Amen. So he's not behind the evil that's happening in your life. Amen. Who is? The devil. Amen. So he says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, it brings forth death. So, so, so we got to be very careful that sometimes we can have some wrong desires. Am I talking to anybody today? Just because you get married doesn't mean that, that, that somebody of the opposite sex may not turn your head every once in a while. If I'm talking to anybody today, but you need to control that. Amen. You don't, you don't need to allow, you know, uh, the opposite sex or somebody. That's why, you know, you don't need that to, to get you off base. No, no, you stay focused on your spouse. Amen. Like somebody said, I'm married, but I'm not dead, pastor. But you should be dead to those things. You, you count yourself dead to those things. Amen. If I'm helping anybody this morning, amen. It's like the guy says, I'm having problems with lust, Pastor. I don't know what to do. And I said, well, what are you doing in your spare time? Well, I'm watching all the rated R movies that have all the lust in it. Well, you're not going to get away from it if you're watching it. Why? Because you're going to start doing it. I mean, if you fill your mind with garbage, garbage in, garbage out. But there's a lot of good things in a movie. Only 10% has nudity and cursing. That 10% can sink your faith ship. Amen. Just, 10, just a little bit. It doesn't take a big hole to, to cause a boat to sink. It's just a little hole in the boat. And what we do is we punch holes through our faith boat enough, allowing the wrong things to come in. We're going to end up sinking. Amen. And we don't want that. Amen. So we don't want to allow our emotions or how we feel about something. Oh, it feels right, Pastor. Well, what does the Word of God say about it? Well, my feelings say it's right. Amen. Just because you're, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man but still ends in death. It, it seems right, right, but it still ends in death. We don't want to go with what feels good. We want to go with the Word of God. A lot of people want to go with what it feels like. Uh, I'll go to church this morning if I feel like it. What? What planet are you from? Are you a disciple of Christ? If I feel like it. I, do you say that when you, when, you, when you get up to go to work? Well, I'll go to work if I feel like it. No, you go to work because if you don't, you get fired. Amen. That's right. You don't go to work because you... How many people go to work because they feel like going to work? I don't have any hands. You're just praying that God will give you the strength to go to work. God, help me have a good attitude to go to this job with that boss of mine that doesn't like me. <laughs> with those people that have no 
no appreciation for what I do. <laughs> okay, we'll keep going. <laughs> Amen. No, no, we don't do things because we feel like it. We do things because it's God's word and it's the right thing to do. Amen. What happens when we encounter a test or a trial or a temptation that's not coming away because God's not doing it to us? It's coming away because the devil, the Bible says, he'll come immediately to try to steal the word of God out of your life. How does he do that? Through tests, through trials, through temptations. He tries to steal the word of God. He wants you to doubt that God's word is true. Right? He wants you to doubt that God is really with you. If God was really with me, why is all this, all this bad things happening to me? He's with you. It's just the devil is against you. Well, I never had this before when I, before I walked with God because you weren't a threat to the, to the, to the kingdom of the, of, the, of the devil. Now you're walking with God and the devil doesn't like it. And he's afraid of you. He's afraid that you're going to find out what you know about God and how good he is. And then he, he's afraid that you're going to start telling him where to go. Because you're going to have to learn to tell the devil where to go. And so in James 1, it says, when we, when we encounter problems, it says this, you know, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So, you know, I, I had one lady came to me one time and said, Pastor, I'm praying God that he'll give me patience. I said, oh, I said, I know what's going to happen next. Don't, you know, you, you want to be very careful about asking God to give you patience. Why? Because a trial will be coming down the pike. A problem will be coming your way. Because it says here that when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. What does that mean? That the testing of your faith. In other words, patience means you have to wait. Right? So when you're paid, in other words, the testing your faith produces uh, the ability for you to wait on God. Have you ever heard anybody say, just wait on God? But I've been waiting for a long time, Pastor. No, we need to learn to wait on God. In other words, we need to learn to get in God's presence. Amen. And we're going to continue to read this. It says here, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete. Lacking nothing. Listen, if the devil can't get you out of patience, and if he can't get you out of patience, you stay in peace. If you stay in peace, there's no handles for the devil to use to work you. Amen. Amen. If you stay in peace in the midst of the storm, then the devil can't get you down. So it says here that, that, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect. That means, that word perfect means mature and complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, here it goes, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. So when we're in the problems of life, when we're in the storm and we don't know why it's coming again. Sometimes it's a mystery. Why is all this happening? We need to ask God for some wisdom. We need to get some wisdom into our equation so we know how to respond the right way. And when we respond the right way, God can change that situation for us. But the problem is sometimes we respond the wrong way. Amen. And we don't want to respond the wrong way. 
because it can just keep that problem staying in our equation. Amen. And so he says, he says here, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all, to all liberally without reproach and will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So, so, so see, you've got to understand how God operates. God is a faith God. And, we have, and when we approach God, we have to approach God by faith. Amen. And we and we and, and, and God, he, God doesn't want us doubting what he can do in our life. And that old cliche, you doubt, you do without. You believe, you receive. Right. And so and so and so doubt is the enemy to our faith. That's the reason why we're in the problem. The enemy's trying to and, we're, and we've been in the problem like a long time. He wants to get that doubt coming into our equation. Like, oh, I don't think God's going to be able to do anything because it's been a long time. Don't judge God by the clock. Don't judge him. You know, my mom prayed for my, 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 my siblings, you know, and we, uh, you know, we, we were church goers, but we weren't saved. We weren't serving God. We, you know, we went to the Methodist church and we would show up on Sunday morning. We did the, you know, church was just a religious thing for me and for my brothers. And, but my mom was the only one that was saved in the family. And she, and she, uh, and she prayed, even though we did went to, you know, you can go to church and still be unsaved. Amen. <laughs> you know, you can go to church and still go to hell. <laughs> what? Because it's not about going to church. It's about having a relationship with God. Right. That's part of it. But you've got to have a relationship with God. You've got to be walking with him. How many people are walking with God this morning? How many people know that you have a relationship with God? That God is in your thoughts. That, that you think about God all the time. That you're always, you know, in a prayer or you're thanking God all the time. One of the ways that the enemy is trying to get some of us away from God, if he can get us unthankful in our hearts, get us looking at the wrong stuff and get us angry about the stuff around. Yeah, we should get angry about the sin around us. No doubt about it. But don't allow that to turn us off from God. Amen. Amen. Yes, there's a lot of negative things out there, but there's also a lot of positive things out there, too. God is doing some positive things. Amen. People are getting saved and delivered and set free. But the devil's doing some, some, some negative things. We don't want to always focus on what the devil's doing. Because that will make us negative. Amen. Know this, that, that I've read the end of the book and, and the and end of this Bible and it says that we win. Amen. So it doesn't matter what the enemy, don't so get so caught up what the devil's doing because his, his, his time is short. Amen. He's just working through some people, but you know, and don't get mad at the people that are following him. Sometimes we just get so angry at the people that's following him and just doing wrong things. Don't get so mad about them. They're, they're, they're just being let, they're, they're deceived. They need prayer. Like Jesus said, Jesus said, don't follow the Pharisees. That, that, that are teaching things that they're not even doing themselves. They were hypocr- hypocrites. And, and he said, don't follow them because he said, he said they're like the blind and, they will f- and they, they're leading the blind and then they both will fall in a ditch. That's right. 
No, no, let's, let's focus on Jesus. Let's focus on following the right person. Amen. Jesus. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. So you, you, you look to people that are walking with God. Amen. So the, it, it, I'm going to say this. The enemy cannot take you over. He cannot deceive you. The, the problem cannot sink you. In Corinthians 10, 13, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says this way. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Can somebody say God is faithful? Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may bear up, that you may be able to bear it or bear up under it. So he's saying here uh, in Corinthians, this is impossible. He's saying no temptation or you could say test or trial uh, that has overtaken you is common to man. In other words, whatever the devil tries to throw at you, it's common to other people, too. In other words, you're just not a special case that the devil's working on. No, it's happening to other people, too, all over this planet. Don't think you're a special case because something's going crazy in your life and the devil is just honing on you. No, he's honing on anybody he can. He, he's, trying to, he's trying to knock anybody out he can. Amen. He's trying to discourage everybody that he can. But somebody say, I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm going to be encouraged. Because God is working. So, so, so listen, listen, that temptation cannot overcome you because it's, it's a natural temptation. But listen to this. We have supernatural weapons that can work against the natural weapons of the enemy. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5, it says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. In other words, we, walk, we, we don't use... Natural weapons to do our fighting for. Amen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural, but mighty to God in the pulling down of strongholds. What does that mean? That that our weapons are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are patterns of thoughts that keeps us in bondage. And see, that's the reason why you're in church today. We some of us still have some patterns of thoughts that's keeping us in bondage in some areas of our life. Amen. And we need those patterns of thought broken. Yes, amen. With what? The truth of God's word. Yes. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? It's those patterns of thought. The enemy works on people and he deceives Christians and making Christians think a certain way. No, no, listen. There's no temptation that is common. To man, that they're all common, and there's no temptation that can take you down. That's what Paul says, and he says that we have we have supernatural. What's the supernatural weapon that we have? We have the Word of God. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the name of Jesus. We have the power of prayer. We have praise and worship. I'm telling you, you start working all these together, you can't go down. Amen. And it says casting down arguments and imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So so the key to overcome temptations is the word of God. John 8, 31 to 32. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, 
you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So what is the key to overcoming these temptations and trials and tests? Well, it's the word of God. And it's the word of God that says if you abide in the word. Amen. In other words, you know, we have to continue to keep the word before us all that. We have to abide in God. How do you do that? You abide in his word. You know, every day you should, you should try to read the Bible every day. Amen. Pastor, you're getting a little out there for me. No, you should try to read some scriptures every day. You need to keep your mind renewed with the word of God every day. You need to be getting in the word. You can't go, th- don't go throughout the day without the word of God. Amen. Why? Get some promises that you're standing on because the devil is trying to come against you and he's going to try to lie to you and he's going to try to make you think thoughts that aren't God's thoughts and he's going to try to get you to go with these feelings and he's going to try to get you in sin and then he's going to, Try to take you down. Amen. So we're not exempt from the storms of life. I like what Luke, it says in Luke 6, 46 and 49. But why do you call me Lord, Lord? This is Jesus speaking. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? That's pretty strong. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show him who he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he heard, but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So what is Jesus saying here? In this parable, he's saying there's two types of people. There's one person that that hears the word of God and they and they heed to it. They follow it. They do it and they do it no matter if it's good in good times or bad times. They don't throw it out because they're having a bad day. They, they stay in the word. They, they keep worshiping even if bad things are happening. What? They, they stay in it. And the Bible, and Jesus actually says that the storm comes to both people. The one that listens to God, the ones that are obeying God, the storms, the same storms come to the one that doesn't listen to God. The same storms. So, so storms are coming. Amen. But, but the, 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 the bottom line is the one that's going to stand is the one that stays in the word of God and doesn't let go. Amen. I'm not letting go. Amen. I'm not letting go of God's word. I'm going to keep standing on God's word no matter what. Because it's a firm foundation to stand on. In other words, the Bible says that the flower fades and, 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 and fades away, and, 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 but the word of God will never fade away. The word of God will always be here. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. Amen. Amen. James 1, 22 and 25, James says this way, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Listen to that. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he who observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. And not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. 
So James is actually saying here is that there, there's a lot of, he's saying there's people that hear the word, but they're not taking that word and they're not applying it to their life. They're not applying the word of God, so they're not doers of the word. And the Bible says that we will forget who we are in Christ. In other words, you can forget you're a Christian. You can forget that you've been blood-bought. You can forget that your, your sins were washed away. You can forget all these things. You stay out of church long enough. You stay out of the word. You stay out of fellowship with other believers long enough. You start to forget you're a Christian. You might start questioning yourself, am I even saved? Have you ever been there? I've been there. I've been there at times. Where I, Man, is God even in my life? Amen. But, but then, then, you know, even the devil, even when you're coming to church, and even when you're trying to walk right, sometimes the devil will say, is God really in your life? <laughs> well, you, well, just the proof that you're in church, just the proof that you're not doing those things that you used to do, is, 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 is proof that maybe God is in your life. Hallelujah. See, I, I used to be a bar hopper. I guess you call it to clubs now, right? And down south is honky tonks. No, I won't go there. But, uh, <laughs> but I used to be in the clubs, you know. I was, I was a club man. I, like, I, I could go to the club. I love dancing and breaking, you know, and just enjoying that. And, uh, but, you know, I don't go to the clubs anymore. This is my club right here. This is my party right here. This is what I call, this is what I call life right here. I don't need to go to the clubs to try to get life. No, I get life through fellowship with God and fellowshipping with you. That's where my life comes from. And then God just moves and he reveals life to us. And I'm telling you, this is our club right here. And I'm telling you, thank God it's not members only. Thank God we don't say, you know, well, you can't come in. No, we're allowing everybody who wants to come in to our party and party down with us. That's what we do in worship. We're partying with the Lord. We're singing worship songs and partying to him. Why? Because, you know, heaven's going to be one great big party. People think, oh, I'm going to go to hell to party with my friends. It ain't going to be that kind of party. Hell's not going to be at this little party down in hell that you're going to have orgies down there and have fun. Did pastor actually say that? People believe these kind of things. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I know it's a little strong this morning, but people think these kind of things. Well, the, what some people think they're going to get to heaven and have 72 virgins. In heaven. I don't know what you're going to do with 72 virgins. I can barely handle my wife, personally. 72 women. My God. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Anybody know what I'm talking about here? <laughs> Men would say, yeah, 72. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? No, 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 no. Listen, the hell is not a party. Hell is a place of torment. It's, it, it's absent. Hell is a place absent from God. It, it's, it's God. It, God is not in hell. Amen. He's absent. His love, his mercy, his peace. His joy is not in hell. When you take God out of the equation, you're not going to experience peace that God wants you to experience. You're not going to experience joy that God wants you to experience. When you take God out of your life, you just have misery. 
You just have hopelessness. That's why these people, you know, I read every once in a while, these people that are Hollywood actors, they got money, they got fame and all that, and they end up committing suicide, hanging themselves. Why? Because it's not enough. Stuff is not enough. People's applause is not enough. You know, just having people pat you on the back and telling you you're great is not enough. No, you've got to have God in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Amen. So we need to get obedient to the word of God. We need to get obedient regardless of what's going on. So let me finish up my three last points is don't let the enemy keep you from consistently coming to church. The devil is trying to keep us out of church. He's trying to make you think you can do it on your own. You can do it by yourself. You don't need church. You need a body of believers standing with you when you're in the storm. You need to hear somebody's testimony of the hell they're going through. And then when you hear the hell they're going through and God brought them out, you thought you start thinking, I'm glad I'm not that person. I'm not going through it as bad as they are. And you start thinking that your life is not as bad as somebody else. And we get a revelation that God is good no matter what it looks like. And so the Bible says here, listen, if we're going to walk in love towards God, again, we have to love people. And it says in Hebrews 10, 23 and 25, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So we consider one another, right? Then the next thing he says, uh, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some, by exhorting one another as much, the, much more as you see the day approaching. So, so Apostle Paul was saying, there are people that were a part of the church that they weren't coming to church anymore. There are people that were staying home. There are people that, that weren't, weren't, weren't given church life a chance. And they were out there. And he said that we're here to stir up love and good works with one another. So you can't be a good Christian and be out of church. Amen. Thank you. Well, I got all the church people amen in me. All those that's watching online, you need to come to church. It's much better live, amen, than being a spectator. You need to be a participator. Amen. And, it's, and here, don't allow the enemy, number two, don't allow the enemy of your flesh to keep you from consistently tithing and giving offerings. The enemy will try to get us, you know, to, to quit giving into the offerings and quit giving. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, he'll make us think, you know, either we'll have unbelief coming in. Well, I'm not seeing God's blessings, so I'm holding back. No, no, God's blessings will come in. Yes, will. Amen. You just have to start keep believing that they will. Amen. And don't don't believe this lie like one minister that 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 started giving. I read it in this book. He said he said the thought gave came to him. He was going to give the thought came to him. Somebody else will give. And he knew that was the devil. Somebody else will take care of helping the church and blessing the church and keeping the church rolling. No, no. If the church is going to roll, it's going to roll on us. In other words, we have a responsibility to give so we, so we can allow the church to grow so it can be all that God wants it to be. Amen? But not only that, when we give, there's the promise that God will give back to us. That God will open the windows of heaven to us. That God will bless us beyond any measure. See, I, you know, God on my, on my job, God on my money is much better than God not on it. 
God blessing my 90 is better than, than, than no blessing on the 100. I want God's blessing in my life. So I'm going to obey him regardless how I feel about it. Number three, don't allow the devil or your flesh to keep you from uh, uh, harboring ill will or unforgiveness towards people. Don't think that you have a right to hold ought or hold hurt against somebody. You don't have a right to keep holding people in check and say, I'm waiting until they come and apologize before I will forgive them. You might wait a long time. They may never apologize. They may never ask your forgiveness. But you need to pray for them, glory to God, and, and just pray that God's eyes, uh, that God will open their eyes to truth. It, you know, one person said this about unforgiveness, and uh, they said it, it, it could be the unpardonable sin. Now, the unpardonable sin we know is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But Jesus actually says it this way, and we know the unpardonable sin is a sin that God does not pardon. In other words, you're not forgiven when you, when you commit the unpardonable sin. But, but here, it's, Jesus is speaking. He says, whenever you stand praying, this is Mark 11, 25 and 26. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you of your trespasses. It's quiet in this church today. Jesus actually said, if you don't release unforgiveness, then, then your sins won't be forgiven. In other words, we, you know, that's the Lord's prayer. Lord, uh, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. It's all connected. Our love walk is connected. So what do we need to do? And I'm winding up right now. What do we need to do? We need a uh, Romans 12, 14 through 21. We need to bless those who persecute us. We need to bless and do not curse. We need to rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. We need to be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Opinion, repay no one evil for evil. Listen to that. Apostle Paul says, repay no one evil for evil. Amen. Somebody flips you off, cuts you off. You don't get up and cut them off. I had somebody do that one time. I think I cut him off and then he came up and cut me off. I said, good Christian. No, I'll keep going. <laughs> Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of men. If possible, as much as you depends on you, live peacefully with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to the wrath of God. So he's saying that we're not to avenge ourselves. We're, we're supposed to give place to the wrath. God has wrath. Yes. God is love, yes. but God is just. Yes. And God has wrath. And his wrath is not against people, but it's against sin. And people that choose sin instead of the son, eventually, you know, you, you know, we are saved, the Bible says, from the wrath of God to come. There is a day, a reckoning day. There is, you know, like that movie, Judgment Day. It's not the Terminator. It's Jesus Christ. You can say he's the Terminator. You know, eyes like fire. You know, he, you know, swords coming out of his mouth. You can say Jesus is the ultimate terminator. He's going to terminate all wickedness. He's going to terminate all sin. He's going to terminate all. You know, we're going to come to a point where he's going to remake the earth. He's going to remake the heavens. And there's not going to be any more pain. There's not going to be anything that hurts anymore. There's not going to be any, anything that destroys anymore. And I'm telling you, we're going to lay down with the lion. 
The lamb will lay down with the lions. Amen. It's going to be peace. Glory to God. And it's not like that right now. I'm telling you, the earth has a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems down here. Don't get used to living here. Don't get too attached to this world. I don't know how you can with all the problems that we have. Don't fall in love with the world. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with heaven. And he says here that do not avenge yourself, but allow wrath, allow room for the wrath of God or the judgment of God. For vengeance is mine and I will repay back, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And that's not saying, in other words, he would be ashamed. Do not be overcome by evil. But this is a good one. But overcome evil with good. If you're going to walk in the love of God today, and you're going to walk in the love of God the rest of your life, you need to be always overcoming evil, overcoming the tendency to walk in evil, overcoming the tendency to speak evil. You need to overcome evil with good. I'm telling you, we are people that don't walk in darkness. We are people that walk in the light of God. And when you walk in the light, and the Bible says when you walk in the light, you have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from some, no, from all unrighteousness. I'm telling you, that blood continues to work when we walk in the light of the word of God. And when you walk in the light, you're walking in the love of God. Walking in the light is walking in the love of God. They're the same. When you walk in the love of God and you're not allowing people to, to, to get you upset and angry and get them and get, get your thoughts thinking about them and what they're doing. No, don't focus on that. Focus on the good things. Don't focus on the newspaper or the news so much. Focus on the good news, the word of God that gives us hope, that brings us into a place where we know that Jesus is coming back. We know he's coming back soon. Some of us are ready for him today. Some of us are singing Maranatha. That's what we that's what they used to say when they greeted each other. Thousands of years ago, when the disciples would greet each other, they would say, Maranatha. And Maranatha means, Lord, come quickly. Lord, come quickly. Of course, they were encountering problems. They were, they were being thrown to the lions. We, didn't, we don't have that kind of problem today. They were being burned at a stake. They were being martyred for their faith. We're not having those kinds of problems today. But I'm telling you, we, we know that the enemy's working subtly, and he's trying to get us out of church. He's trying to get us from giving. He's trying to get, get us from uh, forgiving others. And if he can get us in those places, he will... The devil will sink our ship. So somebody say, I'm moving forward in God. I'm walking greater in God today. I'm letting go of the hurts and the offenses. And I'm embracing the love of God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for your mercies and for your goodness today. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you're moving on hearts, Father. That you're moving on hearts, maybe perhaps those that are watching online. And Father God, that you're drawing them into into a, a local church so they can be a blessing 
and be blessed. I thank you for those that are here this morning, that they're coming in. There's new people coming in. I thank you that they're realizing the importance of being in a community of faith and that they are getting into a place where they're walking in a greater place of your love and your blessings. And I thank you, Father God, for all that you're doing. Perhaps you're here today. Maybe you're a visitor. Maybe you're watching online for the first time. And you, you don't know if you, even if you have a relationship with God. Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. So you, just, you, you, you can be saved by confessing and believing in your heart. You need to confess Jesus as your Lord. So if you're ready to do that, you're ready to move into a, a great place of God's glory. Say this and mean in your heart. Say, dear God. I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I turn away from sin and I turn fully to you and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that perhaps here in the audience or perhaps online, we want to hear from you online. Connect with us uh, through email. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.